0: the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Penny Dreadful After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. Uh. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show, it's AfterBuzz TV's Penny Dreadful After Show. Penny? No. Oh. <laughs> that went live.
1: Alright, hey guys, welcome into the Penny Dreadful After Show. This week on AfterBuzz TV, Season 1, Episode 5, Closer Than Sisters. I am your host, Bobby DeMiro, joined as always by the professor, Marissa Serafini. And sitting in again with us this week, the wonderful Miss Sarah Stretton. Hello.
2: Hello. Thanks for having me back, guys. I
1: don't want to do any spoiler alerts, but Sarah, you may be around the rest of the season or for several more episodes, I too. I might be so. coming back
2: for a bit. I just, I'm just, i getting addicted. Very Something cool.
1: We this. hope you are Something back. Roxy, you. Roxy will be back next week. I think that's official. So don't worry. She's coming back, guys. But Sarah, if you stay on with us, welcome. We hope you do. There we go. The show's <laughs> just getting good, so we have to, guys. We have a lot to talk about today. Before we do that, though... Let's plug something. As you guys know, Marissa Manunos is the founder of AfterBuzz TV. Mar- Are you
2: combining Maria well, Manunos? Well, I, well, I do that. I, like time. I do Love that all. I do
1: that all the time because I do like every show with you. So I just want to say, oh, it's Marissa Maria, whatever. That okay. is true. I don't blame you. Let's try it again. There's no S in that. It's Maria <laughs> Manunos is the founder of AfterBuzz TV. Our bosses, as it were. And she's got a new book out, The Every Girl's Guide to Diet and Fitness. That came out on, I believe, the third. Third. It's doing pretty well. She's been in New York promoting it and doing that sort of stuff. If you're interested in something like this, there's a ton of information. It is a very cool book. I caught myself leafing through it about 20 minutes ago when we were doing sound checks, um, and I had to put it away because I actually had to prep. But (laughs) it is available at Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, pretty much wherever books are sold. So you guys know what to do. Go grab that. How I Lost 40 Pounds and Kept It Off and How You Can Too. And oh, by the way, it's summertime. We're doing a pool party here at after buzz in like a month, so we all got to slim down too. Believe me, so it's not hand just
2: hand the book across the table, please. <laughs> Here you go, ladies. Great, thing. Awesome, awesome. love it,
3: home. love it. Getting ready, <laughs> toned abs, just what uh, everyone Ooh. wants.
1: Somehow oh, that book's that. just going to disappear from the studio, <laughs> and the two of you in about six weeks are going to be like cut, look and we're not going <laughs> to know what happened. <laughs> oh, chill. ready. Joy. All right, that is Maria, not Marissa. This is Marissa right here. What's up, guys? Just had to get that on the record for sure. All right, let's talk about this episode now. We have really a lot to talk about, but in a different way. Typically, if you've been watching Penny Dreadful here on After Buzz, you know that we like to do two or three or four different topics because there's a lot of storylines going on every episode. Today, there is really only one storyline going on. Before we jump into Vanessa, or as we can start calling her now, Van. Van. Before we jump into that... It is my humble opinion that of the five Penny Dreadful episodes, this is the best one by far. Agree or disagree?
2: Um, I'm going to go with disagree. I think the only reason, well, because for me, if you started the show with this episode, I would not be as invested in it. But because the other episodes have given us the context to really find this mystery about Vanessa appealing, this was like the release for that. But you needed everything else to make this episode work. Oh, for and sure. So, and to me, when you look at... They did her story very well. It was shot beautifully. The storytelling was great. But for me, it's more about the fact that all these other episodes made her so mysterious and so alluring. So I have to give it to those episodes. So.
3: Really? And, yeah, and also, I, I equate this as, you know, the ranking for this episode with Seance. I thought Seance was brilliantly, beautifully done as well. And that really added more to Vanessa's character, too. And then after that episode, now having this episode, explaining Vanessa's backstory and why she's such a mystery and a mysterious, enigmatic character. And also because Vanessa and Ives is really the only original character that we've had in this story because all the other ones based in Dracula, Frankenstein... You know, Dorian Gray, all those, those are already set stories that people know and have grown up with and whatever. And now Vanessa's completely new
2: character, so they're building her story could be anything. And as much detail and history as they gave us, I still have a ton of questions. Oh, for sure. Which yeah, I really right. enjoyed. But it's not to the point that I'm like, this wasn't enough. It was like, you gave me information, and now I'm like, what about all of these other little details. like They gave us so much about the letters, and it just opened more doors.
1: For, uh, maybe for me, then, maybe I'm alone in this. I agree with you, sir. This is not like a standalone episode, so mm-hmm. I, I know what you're saying about the first four, but I just thought this was, honest to God, one of the better hours of television I've ever seen. In fact, I texted that exact thing to Roxy. <laughs> I was like, this is the best hour of television I may have ever seen. I was blown away. I don't know. We want to hear from you guys about that at home, but as we do that, let's jump right into this. So we see Vanessa writing and writing and writing. She's writing a letter to Mina, Uh, And then we go into the flashback immediately. And we start to learn a little bit about Vanessa growing up, Mina growing up, what it was like at the Ives and Murray, you know, compound between their two (laughs) Mm -hmm. homes. And that gate that separated their two homes that was always open until, I believe she said, until the day it was not.
2: Mm -hmm. Something (laughs) along those lines.
1: So we knew that was coming. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we get there and we start to learn a little bit about the first thing I want to hit on is Peter. Because he will come up later in this episode. But we see him pretty early on with the animals the taxidermy the the creatures that they have Vanessa talking about you have to name something to make it come alive and learning a little bit about Peter there and we first see that Peter is and I don't mean this disparagingly I'm searching for maybe a better word but like kind of a wimp kind of a little bit of a
2: he's a little weak
1: yeah he's a yeah, little weak he's and not there's the not
3: big brawny guy and
1: there's nothing wrong with that it's just the dichotomy from his father who is the big brawny guy mm-hmm. and we learned that it's sort of been teased when these people are young that they're kids that mina has these designations of marrying a a you know man with a mustache i believe she says <laughs> not a mustache a mustache it's important <laughs>
2: stuff. that's a number one on that checklist of <laughs> what a man needs to have on mustache. her list really
1: she, she was ahead of her time uh, and then we learn that Mina teasing Vanessa about potentially marrying Peter, and we start to establish the relationship with those three there. Um, what do we think about Peter thus far? Because he seems obviously like a weak-minded guy, knowing what happens to him. I, I was a little surprised in how the story went with Peter um Throughout the show, throughout the episode, because he gets older, of course, and is an adult mm-hmm. when he goes to Africa and is killed. I was under the impression he was a kid dead. In
3: Africa. So, I was too. I was confused with that. I mean, I didn't mind that we found out that he was actually older, but still wanting to go on these expeditions with his father, like that was his childhood type of dream. And so, and then we see in the seance episode where Vanessa's like channeling that voice. It sounds like a kid. So you would think it would be a young boy. Wanting these dreams and going on an exposition, but it was actually a man, which is interesting because it also sh- reflects his character, too, because he is an older gentleman, but still a younger type of soul. It's mm-hmm.
1: have, have you guys ever, when you were a kid, dreamt of growing up to become something?
3: Yes, yeah, so yeah. of course. Who yeah. didn't?
1: I wanted to be a baseball player. Did it? Did it in college, did it professionally, did it for a relatively brief amount of time, but I realize that at some point you grow up and you kind of grow out of it. You know, we all do whatever the dream was. Maybe you wanted to be an astronaut or something. Yeah. But with Peter, the reason I think Vanessa in that seance episode was using a child's voice is Peter mentions in this episode that was his childhood dream. You know he's wanted it from childhood. He wanted to go to Africa. And it's like he never really grew past that not that there's anything wrong with achieving your childhood dream but you do sort of stunt your growth a little bit when you're 12 years old and you decide you want to go to africa and then you are one noted the rest of your life so they're trying to maybe establish that even though peter was an adult he did a little bit have the mindset of a child in a way
2: It's also that he never grew up to live up to father's expectations and how we saw their relationship i think was reflected in that i think in general the storyline the what we found out Really skewed my perspective on what the timeline has been for this whole story, for all the background. Because, as both of you agreed, I thought Peter was a child. I also was convinced, like I didn't know when the incident was going to happen between me and Vanessa's lives. What's the distance between her them separating, her getting this illness, then her coming back and reentering their life? And how long have they been searching? Like, there's so many questions. But I liked that they were they led you in unexpected ways, and one of those ways was through Peter. So I found that really entertaining.
3: And and also you mentioned the timeline because we still don't have a direct mm. clue of which year they're at, and exactly how old Peter is at this point of his life because mm. he seems like by physical appearance he looks like he's probably mid twenties, which is actually understandable and realistic for I know a lot of twenty year old men still trying to achieve their lifelong dreams. Mm -hmm. So I can understand if he is around that age to still want to pursue all these expeditions. Mm
1: -hmm. And he has the ability to do that because he comes from a rich family. And Sarah, to your point about trying to live up to his father, we see early in the flashback when he's younger, father comes home and presents him with that serval, that African Mm -hmm. cat. By the way, if you've never gone to a zoo and seen a serval, do it. They're really cool. They just look like a big house cat in a way. They're (laughs) awesome. Uh, But he presents him with that serval, you know pelt and is very dismissive of him and kind of like oh here you go take it you know i got to be with my girls got to go for the feast and even then peter is pushed away and we get the the impression right away that this is how the relationship is that he idolizes dad mm-hmm. and dad's like okay son you know here you go whatever. yeah, it like, yeah. Didn't
3: he, the, sir malcolm didn't even give his son a hug it was just a gentleman handshake i'm like he's still a kid at this point you give your child a hug Especially being gone that long, so it, yes, definitely establishes the rift between those two and Peter growing up. I mean, I
2: agree. I think it was just like there's obviously an unawareness of like the nature of how Peter is that he does seem more sensitive, that he does seem more emotional, that he is very in want of his father's love, and but I think that you can't always say that his dad obviously didn't isn't putting himself in that position. He thinks the girls need. Emotional content versus his son being the spring body man, you could suppose that maybe it was the mindset of, like, here, do this, live up to my expectations in a way, like trying to build him up to be stronger. At least that's how I rationalized it in my mind. He never actually said any of these things, but I'm like, I can see how their relationship developed.
1: Mm-hmm. and a father trying to build strength in a son may be different than a father trying to build strength in girls you mm-hmm. need to treat the girls a little bit differently or or maybe wrongfully he thinks he needs to treat the girls a little mm-hmm. bit differently and Peter is like oh son you'll figure it out slap on the back go get it done when he exactly. maybe needs a little more emotional support yes. especially considering Peter is the butt of jokes like when Vanessa says and we all laughed out loud about this that was the season of Peter's inadequate beard <laughs> Yeah. Which is jumping a little a bit ahead, line. but it's a Peter line. Great thing for him. I would have about the same beard, so I can't make too much fun of him. I'm certainly no... He's uh,
3: trying
2: to be a man.
1: Exactly, and he's not there yet. Although we see later that his beard I thought was respectable when he left I for agree. Africa.
2: Well, yeah. maybe he got past that phase. That's why it was mentioned, so with such love and caring. <laughs> he Because he grew out of it, so then you can make fun of it even more. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we see, too, a little bit about, speaking of relationships early on, when Vanessa, young Vanessa, is sitting at the table with... Sir Malcolm Murray coming back from Africa, telling all these tall tales of cannibals and, you know, Niame, you know, meat, Mm -hmm. eating meat and whatever. Uh, One of the things mentioned is Vanessa being Catholic, Mina being Protestant, and underscoring that dynamic between the two families that hadn't come into play and maybe doesn't come into play, but just shows that there are small differences between these two families that really are a big deal. I mean, a Catholic-Protestant issue in the United Kingdom, in England at that time, would have been a big deal. So, oh, yeah.
3: and,
2: you know, it's still kind
3: of yeah. a big deal
2: today. I And I would say it's still a big deal in Vanessa's relationship with him, and I think it's going to proceed, because if we get, this is jumping a little bit ahead, but how religion factors into what they see in each other and what they're kind of willing to do is a huge variance. Like, for instance, he said he can't forgive her. That's not part of, like, there's... Lines between what is acceptable who is damned who has sinned who who can be forgiven Mm -hmm. and I think that that's going to we're going to see that over and over again in this show and
1: we've seen that a lot with Vanessa and her ritual her prayer ritual Mm -hmm. which is certainly gives off a more Catholic flair than you know maybe anything else Protestant or elsewhere in, in anything in Christianity and the idea that It's almost compulsive for her that she has to do this and she needs to do this. And this is one of the ways that she can cast out those demons, generally speaking, in every episode. Mm -hmm. But that's that idea of Catholicism with her where Sir Malcolm Murray, A, isn't either going to accept it or begrudgingly accept it or B, just flat out doesn't understand it
0: Mm -hmm. and can't
1: do anything for her. And so they have to treat these things very differently. And we understand we finally understand where that relationship comes from and where Vanessa's prayer activities in the first few episodes have come from with something like this in the flashback. The One of the penultimate moments of this flashback, when Vanessa is young, she comes around the corner in the maze now and yeah. catches Malcolm, Sir Malcolm Murray, back from Africa, cheating with Vanessa's mom.
2: Did anyone think this was going to be the catalyst for the incident?
1: N- no. no, but it makes a little bit of sense because um, Vanessa's so sexual.
2: Well, you can, you can connect the dots and see the parallels and you can definitely see some sort of I guess motivation, like, you know, she walked in on someone having sex, it was a huge change for her emotionally, or she had self-realizations. Then later in the episode, we have Mina walking in on Vanessa. Like, you can see the instances, but I really thought that the event of their parents having this affair was going to blow up. I thought Vanessa was going to release that secret. At least that's where my mind was going because I thought we were going to get more answers. So I was ready to just be fed information. I was ready for this incident to happen so much. Um, So I thought it was very interesting that she's kept it a secret and we still have yet to see her really come out with that to Malcolm. Mm -hmm. Or it's always been kind of sly.
3: But if you think about it, back in the Seance episode, during that whole scene, there was the line, Vanessa saw you. And now seeing this episode does that you know relate to this particular incident that Vanessa saw Sir Malcolm having sex with her mother so mm-hmm. if you tie it in and that way connect those two dots I think it might have been that so keeping it in a secret it might have already been told not in the mm-hmm. way that Vanessa wanted it to but I think Sir Malcolm knows at this point
1: Although, was it worse that Vanessa did keep it in and not tell anybody?
3: I think it might have been because you can see it, see that secret slowly eating inside of her. And then she kind of turned it, not to jump far ahead, but she kind of turned it on Mina in a way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was almost like she was destined to do that yeah. in a way.
2: Well, it was also, as we later heard, her unwillingness to shut the door. And she kept letting things happen. And that was kind of one of the first steps that she didn't, one, speak up. As she saw, two she, she didn't leave. She kept watching. She, she it was waited. her repeatedly not saying no and having this willingness for, as she said, wicked little deeds. Like I think it was just that heightening of how much secrecy and how much deceit she can hold within her.
1: Yeah, she's yeah. she's a she's a tough cookie and she's a dark chick. And this is one of those instances where now we understand why she's such a dark chick. And what happened to make her this way because that was, excuse me, one of the days where, I mean, her life changes as far Mm -hmm. as we're concerned. That was one of the, maybe the first life-changing moment for her was walking around the corner, seeing her mother and Sir Malcolm Murray. And then not only seeing it, but Marissa, you mentioned it, enjoying it Mm -hmm. and knowing she was enjoying it, admitting she was enjoying it. Knew it was wrong, but still enjoyed it.
3: Yeah. And also being Catholic, cheating and coveting someone else's property is a big sin. So her... You know, acknowledging that and enjoying it, that's also a sin in and of itself.
1: Which maybe is why she gets so desperate later in the episode with Peter. But before we jump to Peter there, the next thing that I am thinking of in this episode is we see Mina grown up. We see Vanessa holding this secret in and hasn't told anybody. And several years later, I don't know how old Vanessa and Mina were supposed to be when Mina was engaged to Branson, maybe 18 or 20.
2: I would say, well, think about the time period. A little earlier. I would say even it could be younger. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing around 16.
1: But yeah.
2: Who knows? Like they're engaged. It's people Had got married a lot younger than.
1: All we know is it was the season of Peter's inadequate beard. <laughs> That's all we know. So we yeah. can look that up in the history books. Maybe it's written down. Uh but this is the first point where we see Vanessa talking about envying and or hating Mina, because in the letter, Vanessa wrote something to the effect of, I envied you, you know, pause. I may have actually hated you. Which starts to Develop that uh, that portion of her relationship with Mina. That yes, Vanessa and Mina are very close. They are closer than sisters, but not everything is so rosy. Being that close, and when you get that close to somebody, you know all the good, but there's also bad. You know
3: there. all their faults as well,
1: and and you and you rub each other the wrong way. To to put a very casual analysis <laughs> on Vanessa and Mina's relationship, if you've ever been around somebody a lot, you know you get testy with each other. And this is a little bit deeper than that, but it's that same idea.
2: And it's mm-hmm. also this weird. Introspection that Vanessa has of herself that was like for me articulated at that point that the I may have hated you that she enjoyed it all these are like those are I feel like people's deep dark secrets that sometimes they don't even want to admit to themselves, and she's not only admitting it to herself she's admitting it through the letter to Nina to the Whole audience. Well, but
1: not to jump ahead to the end with the letter, but that's the key idea, I think, is this is Vanessa's form of therapy. And this mm-hmm. is all she knows how to do. She can't talk to anybody. She doesn't want to talk to anybody. Or we haven't seen her talk to anybody mm-hmm. about this.
3: She hasn't even gone into a church, as we saw last episode, too. She can't mm-hmm. even get herself to a priest to do a confession, a real confession This that is way.
1: confession. This is yeah. her
3: therapy. This is her catharsis confession.
1: And mm-hmm. she's just never—where's she going to mail them? She's not going to mail them anywhere. Uh-huh. You know, but just the idea of writing down all these letters and having— countless letters i mean whatever that was yeah. exactly
2: like yeah. God. she so. must be have been writing for quite some time i have a prediction on those though
1: but okay. we've all done that thing where you where you almost write something down or you think something through for a couple minutes before you act on it and you feel a little bit better maybe the situation isn't solved but that maybe it's her thing that when it gets too stressful or too over the top this is what she does to write the letters to say to a maybe have a record of what she's feeling mm-hmm. and b to to let it out a little bit without doing something extremely damaging to herself or somebody else, even though she's done some pretty damaging stuff already. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, maybe it is catharsis in a way for so a it's,
3: <laughs> it's her,
1: it's her confession in a way. Mm-hmm. It's her, and this is a diary for her as much as it is a diary or a letter to Mina. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay, so Vanessa, we learned that she hates Mina. She or, or you know may hate Mina. She definitely envies Mina for the life that Mina has. Uh, And starts talking about, you know, how could it be your life? I thought I would do this before you and whatever. I don't remember the exact words, obviously. And we come to the scene with Peter now. Peter's grown up, mid-20s, whatever he is, with a little bit fuller of a beard. And we come to that scene in the maze, in the garden maze, which I I don't remember which one of you said it. Was it you about the maze?
2: (laughs) I really don't like these mazes. I do not understand. I've been in one because they have them in certain countries because they were made for, like, beauty, for enjoyment. And I don't understand why you would ever make a garden that's a maze. You
1: really can only enjoy it on the top looking down. Once you're in it, it's just bushes.
2: (laughs) Exactly. It's like going in from the viewer perspective, we get the angle. We're like, oh, we know this, like, you can get out of it. We know how big it is. Going into one of those things is horrible, and you're literally like, there's bushes so, everywhere. <laughs> overwhelmed. Just keep coming overwhelmed.
1: Here's a pro tip for you guys, something never to do. In the city of North Carolina where I'm from, every Halloween, every fall, they have a maze. They have like a corn maze. It's not it's, it's yeah, as corn maze. articulate as this, but they have these big corn mazes. And one year we thought it'd be fun. We go up into it. We go in the corn maze. First off, there's a ton of kids running around in there, so it was not a very fun experience. And it took us hours to get out yep. because we don't know where we're going. So unless you have hours of time on your hands and it's like October 30th, eh, maybe don't go to a maze. So I'm with you,
2: but I mean <laughs> Vanessa seemed to really enjoy it. She oh Vanessa, kept
1: going back to the everything maze. we hate, Vanessa loves. I think that's pretty clear.
2: I, and I think that's exactly why you
3: think a maze would be something you wouldn't enjoy, but it just shows Vanessa's character that she's not exactly the kind of person that you think she would be, but she's completely opposite.
2: Also, the maze represents so much like the secrecy, the trials, the danger. Mm-hmm. It. You don't know what to expect when you enter the maze. You don't know if you're going to get out. Being lost, and I think it's the think. journey of Vanessa. Like yeah. is she going to get out of the situation she's in? Is she ever going to be able to be free? And I think the Vanessa we've seen in the past, the original episodes, we've seen that she's making progress. She has some level of control. She's yeah. learned to kind of accept this clairvoyance, like how she had the cards. All and how much time and how that willingness partook and how she's kind of learned to I guess live and understand her you cope with it. Yes. And, and it it's a very her emotional relationship to her powers as of now I'm very interested in. Because she's obviously gotten to the point that she's willing to use them and it's not just for Mina. It's mainly for Mina, but not completely. Yeah. So I, but that's very curious to me it's also interesting during this whole flashback
3: we see that the her condition is really only affecting herself but now in all these past episodes that it's kind of affecting everyone else too and they're getting involved in a way i mean we see uh, vanessa's mother like trying to help her th- through her years but now but the ongoing story we have three other people involved mm-hmm. so it just shows that it's progressively getting worse this whatever's after her.
1: Yeah, and she can't keep it to herself. And and my biggest question is, does she want to keep it to herself? Maybe we're going too far ahead into predictions mm-hmm. or into whatever. So let's just think that. But, I, I mean, we say that Vanessa is doing this to try to find Mina. And Vanessa has been very explicit saying she's working with Malcolm to find Mina. I... I I kind of question her motives. I don't know where to go from that, but I still think we don't know the whole story with Vanessa. You said you have a lot of questions. Even with this whole flashback, I still think there's a lot more to it about what finding Mina means to Vanessa. It's not just, you know, quote-unquote rescuing Mina or whatever. There's something else there.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Definitely. (laughs) I mean, mean, Closer Than Sisters is the title. Like, they don't let really anything completely out of the bag in this episode. Like for as Very much vague. history as is, which we got one storyline, and it was like, this is what happened. It was like, hold on, kind of. It's <laughs> still not completely clicking. Like I feel like I'm like assembling a puzzle, and I'm still like, they're like, oh, here's the base, and I'm like, but what's going on? <laughs> what are all these pieces?
1: It's just like the maze. You think you turned down the right way, you don't know if you really did, and you can't find out until you hit the dead end. You got to go all the way back.
2: Yeah, I feel like I'm just gonna get this. So
1: in that maze, the first time in the maze, Vanessa sees the first bad experience in the maze, Vanessa sees her mother and Malcolm Murray. The second bad experience in the maze, walking with Peter, he informs her he's going to Africa.
2: After though, we see a second time in the maze where she finds Mina kissing. Oh yes, I
1: I just meant bad experiences. Yeah. Just just the bad bad ones. ones. Yeah. The (laughs) second bad one was Peter going to Africa, telling her he's going to Africa. She tries to kiss him, or does kiss him, and he tries to, you know, she wants him to to do whatever back, and he doesn't, because he's kind of a wimp. She's hot. So he's she not was, an assertive she guy. She was also <sighs>
2: extremely aggressive. She was. That's <laughs> okay with me. It's just like, if but you... That wasn't okay, let's okay just think about, like, the re- like, if you reverse the roles... Oh, and 100 She like uh, exactly was not okay exactly. with it, and you had a guy, like, being as aggressive as... A hundred percent. Hey, 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 slap. hey, hey. hey.
1: <laughs> but Peter, but Peter is certainly interested in her. It's not like she's making unwanted advances. Oh, to I him.
2: completely disagree.
1: Really? Yes.
3: I'm not sure if Peter's completely interested. I'm not sure if but Peter
2: but thinks he I, likes women. Oh,
1: oh. I, no, he definitely likes. I think he's interested in her. I, I think he almost took it for granted. That like, uh, oh, we'll get married or whatever, but this is my dream, I have to go to Africa, this is my thing, and Vanessa's going to be nice. there. And he didn't realize how assertive she was.
3: I think definitely the relationship right now is very platonic and very close, and we can see Peter obviously appreciates her rela- his relationship with Vanessa and probably doesn't want to ruin it. To You know, mm-hmm. he wants to go on expeditions first. But I think generally he does care about Vanessa.
2: I think he cares sure about, about Vanessa as like a yet. sister, because that's how it always felt. Fa- like, watching their relationship, I always felt like it was really platonic. And I always felt like it was like, I just want my daddy to love me. And everyone else he was, like, very fine with. Yeah. I don't know. I was not getting the attraction towards Vanessa at all from him.
1: I was. Not in a not in a super physical, you know, sultry way like what she was bringing in the maze or whatever. But I, I, I took it to mean, because he's he's not very assertive, because he's a little bit of a wimp, I took his life in his eyes and maybe this is reading way too far into it to be along the lines of his goals were to get his dad to approve of him to go to africa and be an explorer that's my main goal and then i'm gonna come home i'm gonna marry vanessa we're gonna live on the estate because it's always been good enough for me and this is where we'll be happy together blah 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 because this is the way it's always been Uh, that was that was my attitude with him
2: i just feel like one thing that's been reiterated to us like a thousand times in the show is how appealing vanessa is for sure and how like everyone and everything wants her. And the fact that he did not want her makes me think like he just really doesn't want her.
1: I just thought he, he just was scared. I just thought he was scared because she was so assertive and he was not ready for you it. You know, and maybe it was a religion thing and a time thing and a custom thing obviously and all those things come into play, I guess. Well, well, I
2: think all the their above. relationship didn't go so well.
1: No it did not. But so she, but so he brushes her off, he leaves. You know how mother is about time or whatever it was he said.
2: Yeah. Such Uh, a lame excuse.
1: Poor Vanessa. And it it comes around. We're going to see later that that was a big thing on her mind in that scene in bed with Peter later. But as he gets brushed off and walks away, the letter contains something interesting because we see Vanessa in the maze broken. And she says something along the lines of, don't go to Africa, you'll never survive, you're beautifully weak. That's what I should have called him instead of a wimp. He's beautifully Mm -hmm. weak. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very beautiful point, Mm -hmm. I guess. A very beautiful and tragic thing to say. Mm -hmm. That don't chase your dream, you can't handle it.
2: And also, it felt like self-blame. Me, like as she was reading it, it that I should have, yes, yeah. I should have, but what some if? evil almost with inside me, some anger at being rejected, something kept me back from saying these things to you, and it eventually somewhat led to his demise. Yeah, and it's mean, she ha- tried to recover a little later in a way, yeah, but maybe. it's haunted
3: that one moment, has haunted Vanessa this whole time, and that was the big what if moment.
2: She has some very big guilt issues.
3: Like
1: Well I mean hey so she's, she's, a, she's a good Catholic as she should.
3: And I think that yeah that goes back to I think Vanessa is deep down a good person, but all these bad things are happening to her.
1: Well in this in this key scene, the first scene, the, the Sir Malcolm Murray and Vanessa's mother having sex was the catalyst. I agree that it was, and we didn't really see it coming. but this key scene was the catalyst specifically for the demon when she prays after peter rejects her that night or whatever it was that's the first time that a demon specifically answers her and talks to her mm-hmm. and something weird and different has happened yep, because
3: god didn't answer but someone else did yes which is interesting because possessions the only way you can get possessed is to let the devil inside you you have to willingly let them in there like inside you so
2: she let something in
1: you're like you're like okay I'm <laughs>
2: I, I don't know i don't know all i know is she was like there's something behind my back all the time, and I guess that's like someone about to knock on the door, and then they finally knocked. I don't know.
1: Well, it's the same thing as Fenton. The last episode or two episodes ago when he was talking about, do you know that feeling you get? And the hair on the back of your neck stands up, and there's the thing in the room. It's that same idea. There's something perennially on your back, and you either acknowledge it and let it in, or you just brush it away and don't let it in. And Or she, you're
2: Vanessa, and you kind of take a whole nother route.
1: Meaning she like embraced it a little bit.
2: Embraced. She let it in. Yeah. I'm reading to this already. Um, Okay,
1: so Vanessa did let it in because the next significant thing is the night before Mina's wedding. Mm -hmm. Mina and Vanessa are in bed. Vanessa's not sleeping. Gets up, walks away, goes downstairs, sees uh, Captain Branson Mm -hmm. and uh, says, you know, hey, come with me. I got something to show you and shows him the taxidermy and all that kind of stuff. If, truth be told, if I were engaged to a young woman who, you know, dabbled in taxidermy and I didn't know about it but until the night all before the wedding. Oh, in I taxidermy. know that. Yeah. It's this just. Is
2: a mutual <laughs> hobby. <laughs> but this is bonding. It's, it's bond a bond a over taxidermy. weird, though,
3: right? Please. But I think it was interesting how Vanessa was kind of. I didn't know how involved Vanessa was with the taxidermy, but it seemed like she was passing that off as Mina's obsession and trying to obviously. Put that wedge between Branson Mm -hmm. and and Mina. Be like, hey, you're about to marry this chick, but she likes this weird
2: type of hobby. Think. But then at the end of her monologue, it's about how obsessive she is with her birds, mirrored eyes. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, what was that line about? If I could, I'd put mirrors behind the whole world.
2: To make everything alive. To make everything alive.
1: But a lot of stuff is alive. To make everything
3: live at its fullest.
1: I guess. I mean, is Vanessa (laughs) living at her fullest? Vanessa's dealing with the underworld, the dead world.
2: She's definitely living more than other people. <laughs> she, well, she's like living at times more than other people, and also surrounded by death more than other people. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's that she doesn't really live in anywhere in the middle. Everything's always in extremes. But yeah. taxidermy mirrored What was it? Oh, there was a squirrel. There was Peters. Mm-hmm. There was a like aggressive bird. That was Vanessa's. Yeah. Did we ever figure out what was Mina's?
1: I think the squirrel was Mina's. Oh, was it? Because Peter's well, was that Peters cat. Peter's the,
2: m- the, the monkey. The first. monkey first.
3: And
1: then the serval skin, which I assume he would have, oh, the serval somewhere. coat he would have used. And then uh, Mina was the squirrel, I think.
3: But if you think about the symbolism of the animals per person, yeah, you know, and being a bird, if it was like a falcon or a raven, something with a negative connotation for being Vanessa's. It was also animal. just in a
2: very aggressive stance like its wings were up and it was like going force. It felt like it was like beak was open. A, Absolutely. A, a very Diabolical aggressive. Diabolical
3: animal.
1: Yeah.
2: Which
3: reflects very me. Graceful. I mean uh, Vanessa. I like things
2: that fly.
1: Okay. <laughs> so in <laughs> after we after we get our lesson in taxidermy from uh, Vanessa we have this sex scene, which I thought was really well done considering what the goals of this scene were, too. It was a very different from some of the other sex scenes we've seen, like with Ethan and Broner or whomever. But um, very interesting and very well done. And we know, of course, Mina's going to walk in, obviously. Otherwise, we wouldn't be seeing something mm-hmm. like this. And it comes full circle. Vanessa walks in on a scandalous pair. Now Mina walks in on a scandalous pair and is directly betrayed the night before her wedding.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. She broke the girl code.
1: Oh, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> Absolutely. And he, and he, yeah, let's be honest, Captain Branson. Good. Captain Branson's a doofus to do something like that. Come on, dude. What are you doing? Do you think, do you think, and I know this is out there maybe, but was Captain Branson just a regular old human and Lust got the best of him? Or had the underworld gotten to him or he was somebody planted to make Vanessa do this to Mina?
3: I don't know. That- I. Oh, yes. Go right ahead. Oh, I think Branson was just a pawn in everything, in this whole situation. I think maybe he himself, his character, is just maybe not a good person. And to do that with Vanessa and to portray Mina on the night before the wedding. So I think he was just that standalone guy who was just there to ruin stuff.
2: And I also think that there is a significance in, there's so much focus on eyes in this episode it starts with it ends with it and they're constantly pictured throughout the entire episode and in, in this instant you got the eye lock between mina and vanessa and it was both the human version of their eyes and i was trying to watch because although vanessa looked ghastly and like scary it would still remain that human connection where it was something that she was going to have to live with. She had full memory, she had full kind of knowledge, whether it was, it wasn't like something took over her. Versus in other instances throughout the episode, there was a change. Like people had black eyes, people had white eyes. That seemed to me to be the stronger points of influence of the devil, of the serpent, of whatnot. This seems a very human act
1: maybe you guys yeah. will disagree with me again about this it wouldn't be the first time but was vanessa ever so slightly just a little bit enjoying it oh she was okay so i'm not i'm not crazy
3: no i don't think you are okay i'm being beckoned uh-oh are we losing <laughs> you being summoned i'm being beckoned
1: hey if you Bye. don't already guys watch game of thrones <laughs> the after show sarah Stretton is on it
2: Yeah, Yeah. And I know they have a big night this evening
1: So we need to
2: Oh goodbye (laughs) Goodbye world
3: Goodbye Sarah
1: If you're listening to the podcast Phil's in here Giving her a hand literally She's being escorted
3: (laughs) But thank you for filling in Sarah I mean you'll be here next week right She'll
1: be here next week Roxy will be back next week. Everything will be back to normal again. We haven't really missed a beat, though. So, Professor Serafini, it's just you and me. All right. Let's do this. All right. I'm
3: fine with that.
1: Yeah, I am, too. We don't even like Sarah. Oh, wait. She's still in the room. Don't say (laughs) that yet. Oh,
3: wait a minute. Hold up. (laughs) All
1: All right. Where were we? So, Mina finds out. We know that Vanessa took just the slightest bit of enjoyment. She didn't have a full smile, but it was a little bit of, I think, you know, a little bit of, I know what I'm doing. I wanted to do this. Hey, girl, I don't know what the attitude was, but she was enjoying it a little bit, which makes it all the more evil, oh, of yeah, course.
3: Because also. Even before that, all the events leading up to it, we know that Peter is going to eventually leave on this expedition. We know that Mina was going to eventually leave her, so Vanessa was going to be all by herself. And that envy and jealousy came out of Vanessa. So anything to maybe ruin Mina's relationship with Branson to have her stay in a way, so she wouldn't be alone. She would do something this devilish to keep, just to keep Mina in her in her life.
1: Yeah, and and not surprisingly, Mina I
3: enjoy it as
1: well. Well, that is Vanessa. Vanessa's. Vanessa is not going to have sex; she doesn't enjoy. Oh yeah, you know we know that by now.
3: Yeah, she she gets
1: it. She she does, she gets after. It. Um, good for her, because I have a feeling in the eighteen nineties, eighteen eighties, in Victorian England, not a lot of women were getting it after it the same way. No, so, not,
3: definitely not the same way. Good for
1: good for Vanessa, um, but obviously, not surprisingly, Mina totally shuts her out and is devastated. Peter is devastated. Peter says something along the lines of, uh, I can't remember what he says about, I expected my trip, my my, my travels to kill my family, and I didn't know it would be a worthless little girl or whatever it no, is. So
3: Malcolm said that.
1: Or, or you're Malcolm right, Malcolm, said, Malcolm, not Peter. Yeah. Malcolm said this, I'm sorry, yes.
3: Which was really cold. Yeah. And to Because having all these episodes knowing that Vanessa and Malcolm have a pretty close relationship, but now knowing that this event occurred and they're such a dark cold event that happened and how sir malcolm just literally shut his family and his life away from vanessa and closed that gate on her that was cold
1: well and closing that gate is a great transition point because from this point on vanessa is sick the entire time and we don't know what she has but we she collapses out in the wilderness between the gate and the two houses yeah uh she has this brain issue she goes to this asylum another
3: catalyst oh totally this totally condition
1: totally and completely and and She goes to this asylum, doesn't want to. The mother, remember, takes her and says, you're going to London. We're going to this place. And Vanessa's like, I don't want to go to this asylum, mother. Um, And then asks her mother to let her die.
3: Yeah. I mean, I wasn't... I wasn't expecting that because we see Vanessa, it seems like she embraces life. But then to be such a low point in her life to just not care about anyone, because everyone at this point has literally left her except for her family. But the people that she loved and cared about, Mina, Peter, even Sir Malcolm, they're all gone. So she really has nothing left to be... To get to this point where she just wants to die is sad.
1: And if the demons, if the, if the underworld has been speaking to her, if the master has been already talking to her, which we've seen it happen at least once,
3: mm-hmm.
1: maybe she's at a point where she just says, I can't deal with any of this anymore. Not only have I lost everybody in the mortal realm, but I have voices, I have possession. She may not know it's possession yet, but I have something going on with me and I cannot face this anymore. I'm ready to die. It obviously doesn't happen. No. But... She goes to this asylum, which this asylum reminded me ever so slightly of the asylum in American Horror Story. I knew you
3: were going to say that. Yeah. yeah,
1: because it was just the way that they
3: Stylistically, were— Stylistically, it was pretty much the same.
1: hundred percent. The way that they are, quote-unquote, treating patients, but also kind of torturing them with the stuff that's going on. And let's talk about the damn lobotomy.
3: Oh, that lobotomy! <laughs> Poor Sarah, she cannot handle that. Good thing scene. she left, actually. Yeah, it's
1: perfect timing I mean, for her to leave. That I, was I gotta, awesome. I had to
3: like calm her down and leave. It's okay, <laughs> Sarah. It's almost over. But th- it was interesting about that lobotomy because he, you, you see the doctor like pressing around where he drilled that hole, and you think blood would be coming out. I don't know exactly how they do uh, lobotomies.
1: I don't. I don't know either. I, don't, I didn't think so. I thought the point of poking holes like that was to relieve pressure on the, br- on the brain and do other stuff. But I thought if you put them in a specific place, you maybe don't hit a blood vessel. Like, you have okay, blood vessels yeah. in your temples right here, and he put it a little bit further back. Farther, yeah. So maybe there's not as much yeah. blood coming yeah. out. I don't know I how I don't
3: lobotomies know. are yeah. <laughs> executed. Never but,
1: never cut a guy's skull uh, open. Yeah, so, me
3: neither. Yeah. I mean, it's a good thing I haven't. My bad. <laughs> but, but it made me think to last episode where we see the whole scene with Frankenstein and... Uh, van Helsing where van Helsing was talking about he built this chemical that helped you know explain the coagulation of blood and then we see this particular scene with the lobotomy that her blood was kind of coagulated it wasn't she wasn't bleeding so it made me think it might get into predictions territory that what if Vanessa has suddenly kind of become some type of creature is it this is she part vampire? Or whatever this master creature is coming it, after her.
1: R- remember what she did to that Dr. Christopher Banning when her parents were in the office with Banning. Banning recognized when Vanessa spoke. Okay. He said, "Mom and Dad, leave the room immediately." Vanessa goes up to the window. He never tells her her middle name, but or his middle name, but she knows it. She knew and the then first, first she- name. Matthew. No, she said Matthew. Or it... Or no, she, it was Christopher Matthew. Oh, he, Christopher said, Matthew. he said he okay, said Christopher yeah, Banning, and she goes Christopher Matthew Banning. And that look he gave, which is like, there's no way she could know this. Get help. Push the button. But then remember what she does, talking about blood and being a vampire. She opens her mouth and almost has fang-looking thing, and like, like goes she was after his go neck.
3: Suck yeah, him, absolutely. Like a absolutely. So I'm thinking this whole process was to just tell the audience that maybe she's not purely human anymore. Maybe she is part. Demonic creature, whatever, that's after her.
1: Yeah. But the lobotomy, at least at the point, sort of takes care of her. They cut her hair off. They
3: poke a hole in her brain. They make her,
1: you know, catatonic, obviously.
3: She Uh, is catatonic.
1: And she goes home.
3: But even, sorry, even before that, when they were watering her down, those ice baths, that was... torturous just to watch, and even spraying her down. Like I loved how they filmed that, because she was pretty much crucified. Exactly. And the religious symbolism of the visualization and all that, I thought was beautiful, especially for her character being a Roman Catholic, but like questioning everything, and all these dark things are happening to her, which that dichotomy between the good and evil, especially within this type of character, it's beautiful how they're portraying it.
1: And she knows, with that meeting with Dr. Banning, when she was herself and hadn't been you know put on by this demon yet or whatever when her parents are still in the room they're talking about all the options dr banning has for her and he says well you know but whatever if these options don't work we also have surgical options at our disposal and the first thing she said was let's do that let's have the surgery surgery in this manner in the 1880s 1890s is is a fairly certain significant side effect or death. Death. <laughs> but for Vanessa, it's like, regular Vanessa's like, I'm done, just do the surgery. I don't care. Yeah. Well, either it's going to fix point, me or I'm dying.
3: Yeah, at that point she wanted to die. Yeah. So, of course, she would be all for the surgery and especially, the, her chances of living weren't that great either. Yeah. Especially back in that
1: time. And then, but unfortunately, she gets possessed or, or see, when, okay, when this happens with Vanessa, she wants the surgery, normal Vanessa is there, she's very down, she's very at the, hit of just life right now and then she gets up after her parents leave she starts talking and we learn that she's possessed how does it how, where do these powers come from that just magically turn on and off at almost the snap of a finger
3: well
1: and that, who's pressing the button
3: and that's the hard thing it was like what happens for her to go in in and out of these stages these episodes because we have moment of lucidity and then she just it's, you know, it's on and off like a light switch. And it makes me think it's this creature or whatever is possessed spirit. It's really hard to tell what it is because it's so vague. But is it this thing that's inside of her that's causing all these on and off switches? When she's with people that she loves, sometimes she is lucid. But then if it seems like someone says something or does something, then she immediately turns.
1: Yeah. And I don't know what the impetus is yet. I'm sure if we went back in every episode and looked at the turn, we could probably find enough commonalities to narrow it down. But at that point we would still be guessing. We don't know we don't know the turn yet. We don't know the the yeah. the thing that's creating this, so it's kinda of fun to think about. That's kind of prediction territory a little bit.
3: Yeah, it's interesting because we see that whole scene when Peter comes back and talks to her and is actually a very, very calm scene and you think she's going to turn. Like you that big, yeah, man, I was
1: I was like on the edge of my seat. I thought she was gonna.
3: The we were like, oh, please don't kiss her. You know who knows what's gonna happen. She's gonna bite
1: his nose off if he or bite something. Bite
3: his mouth off. <laughs> bite his tongue out. Who knows? Like my mind went a million different places. But you think something like that would happen? But it didn't. And even after Peter left, then we get to. I mean, not to jump ahead, but then we get to the crazy turn in her character.
1: No, let's talk about that now because we've got. Uh, let's go to Peter now as we kind of wrap this up because I know we want to get to news and gossip and predictions. So just a couple more minutes on this. But real quick with Peter, he gets so close to her, uh, shouldn't have kissed her, but as it turns out, wasn't all that bad. But then in a weird moment of lucidity, she says, what was it? She says, you should have kissed me. Will you kiss me now? So she remembered that exact moment in the maze.
3: Still haunting her.
1: Still haunting her, but, but regular her, not... Yeah. It appears not possessed her, regular her, <laughs> regular Vanessa, regular. decaf Vanessa. <laughs> and then she says to Peter, very simply, you're going to die there. Mm-hmm. Totally changes his mood as it probably should.
3: But I think also that one line was the thing inside of her knowing the future, knowing how events are going to pan out. That was, I think that moment might have been a switch.
1: Yeah, and, and and that actually may be true because then Peter goes downstairs, lies to Miss Ives, says, mm-hmm. oh, I couldn't make her out. What'd she say? I couldn't make her out. Yep. Yeah, you heard every word. She was really clear. But why Why not tell Miss Ives? Why would Peter lie about that?
3: Maybe he has his secrets, too.
1: Or maybe he's just so horrified about it he doesn't want – he's yeah. in denial. I mean
3: he always wanted to go on these expeditions, and now Vanessa telling you're going to die on this expedition, he still went anyways. And decided to go against that.
1: And then this is where the show really gets good. This episode really gets good. Because after Peter leaves, uh, Malcolm shows up in the room. Not real Malcolm. No. Like a weird, possessed devil Malcolm that actually may not be there, but is there in Vanessa's head. And starts reading Keats to her. Did you end up looking up the poem?
3: Keats? No, I couldn't. Um, He is a romantic poet, though. And... Victoria in England at that time.
1: The only words I got were darkling, I listen, and in... Cut off. Yeah. I didn't have time to do it. We were watching the whole thing. I was just like frantically and I was like, I just got to watch this. So I didn't get the words. We can look them up later. Actually, yep. we'll post them on YouTube if I remember to do this. Let's. I'll do that tonight. We'll post the lines on YouTube. Or you know what? One of our intrepid viewers who's awesome at commenting will probably already have them. So maybe they'll be on YouTube for us.
3: Which is... But if you think about it, if, if Vanessa, Vanessa knows Keats, a romantic poet... And then go back to the episode where she finds Frankenstein with romantic literature as well, that that was the devil or whatever creature, the spirit's way into Vanessa to force something that she could relate to and and enjoy.
1: So you're telling me romantic literature, romantic poetry is the devil.
3: No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that that could have been the door, the pathway into a For period. sure.
1: Yeah. To get into her psyche or whatever it exactly. is. To get her soul as opposed to just having her body. That's an interesting point. Yeah. Um, but basically we have naked Vanessa. Who's, who's, Vanessa's vision is probably that she's having sex. Mm-hmm. Because she starts to kiss this not Malcolm. really Malcolm. Um, But from the mom's point of view, when she hears the clattering, it's just naked Vanessa thrusting and doing all kinds of stuff. And then mom just, poof, drops dead.
3: Dead. But we saw that moment right before the mother dies that Vanessa looks over and her eyes are white, which is not the color that I was expecting. I expected black. Was it white or was it just rolled back? Um, It might have been rolled back. But I think it was at that moment, too, where this demon we didn't see... But maybe that demon, whatever was, you know, having sex with her, like went over to the mother and killed her.
1: Yeah, or the mother maybe maybe died from something as simple as it makes fright. Shock. Yeah, who knows? It could have been something even more simple that the mother was so shocked at what she was seeing, she couldn't take it anymore. And there's another dead person in the midst of Vanessa. Yep. We see it again. Uh, we have the funeral of Vanessa, and then the key scene for us. I feel like we're kind of jumping forward because we got a news, but it's okay. Yeah. The key scene okay. for us is on the beach. Vanessa sees Mina. Mina forgives her. You've had so much suffering. This is so sad. Mina married to Mr. Harker, which I wrote Jonathan down. Jonathan
3: Harker, who was the main protagonist in Dracula.
1: Mm-hmm. So everything's just coming together all? Yeah,
3: it's piecing together. Just all
1: beautifully. It's okay.
3: So, it's so brilliant how Petty jeffels just ties everything together.
1: And they take their time doing it. And then Mina asks for help from Vanessa. And disappears. Like, mm-hmm. washed away into the sky, it disappears. And Vanessa's left there alone again. And we learn that Mina was not actually human Mina, but another vision. Another,
3: another vision. thing. But it was interesting that Mina, at this point, it seems like she was good and evil. Not just one thing or the other. It was actual Mina... But still having that internal conflict with her. So something's possessing Mina as well.
1: Well, that's the thing. Vanessa Vanessa walked into Malcolm Murray and her mother having sex. And then all this weird stuff happened to Vanessa. Mina walks into Vanessa and Captain Branson having sex. Maybe the same cycle of weird stuff happens to Mina. The moral of the story is don't walk up on people having sex. You never know. Come on. I mean, don't anyways. So that's it's weird. What but.
3: Doors are for <laughs> if
1: the, if this maze is rocking, don't come a knocking.
3: <laughs> okay. Don't go figuring it out.
1: <laughs> and then we learn about the letter I wrote down in that letter. What was the postscript? Because she wrote the postscript. Yeah, I was she, like, what's
3: the last line? She
1: ended up saying it anyways, so that's okay. But and it was about Malcolm loving Mina. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't as big as maybe as deep as something I thought it might be. But she's writing letters and not mailing them, which is the catharsis idea. And it's the obsession idea.
3: Yeah, I have a prediction on those two. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, we're, we're but, kind of about there because really the end of the show wraps up where the first four episodes began, which is we see what brought Vanessa and Malcolm to work together. And there's a lot that will come from that. But we understand yeah. the tension between the two of them, the relationship between the two of them. Love, hate. Total love, hate. And I think really hate, hate with an end goal. There's no love there to me. It's just yeah. you hate me. I hate you. But we have a common enemy. And when you have a common, a common enemy. common objective Exactly. So. A common enemy and a common objective means two people who hate each other can get along in the short term to get that objective yeah so now we understand that a little better thankfully
3: uh-huh yep now we understand yeah exactly what you said
1: <laughs> let's uh let's do it let's do some news and gossip
3: After
0: Buzz TV news. all
3: right real quickly the rap had a nice interview with timothy dalton and it was just you know questioning him about you know his character what drew him to penny dreadful and he says he loved the writing he loved the words and I quote, I love good drama. When you start reading a story that grips you and involves you and makes you ask lots of questions, which we definitely do, that makes you turn the page in excitement about what is going to happen next, you know you're reading something good. And then uh, the the interview is really fun. You read it on therap.com. It kind of gets inverted because Timothy Dalton didn't see episode 5 yet. But the interview... Interviewer got a screener and did so it was reverse and so Timothy was asking the interviewer, "Did you see it? What was the episode about?" (laughs) And stuff. So it's a really humorous um, interview. Definitely check that out. And then they also just bonded about um, how Eva Green, John Logan, and Timothy Dalton—they're all part of the 007 james bond franchise and they just bonded over that as well it'd be,
1: it'd be tough to be a decent to good british english actor and not be part of that franchise at this oh, point I know. right i mean yeah. go
3: watch license to kill come on <laughs> it's great and then also in recent news eva green she's in the new upcoming movie sin city a dame to kill for she plays the femme fatale dame which i'm definitely gonna go watch this but the um for promotion she's promoting everything right now for that film But they released the new promotional posters, and her poster actually got banned from the MPAA and deeming it too sexy. And we can tell with this photo, if you're listening on iTunes, definitely check out YouTube. We have the photo queued up here, but it's Vanessa, I mean, (laughs) Vanessa, Eva Green, (laughs) and her character, um, very sexy in this very see-through linen type of outfit.
1: What was the name of the cartoon rabbit, the female rabbit that was totally over-sexualized?
3: Oh, goodness. I know who you're talking about. Do you about. know who I'm I talking can't. about? Jessica Rabbit. That's, yeah.
1: Jessica Rabbit. Yes, that's yes, right. Jessica that Rabbit. That is what this reminds me of a little bit, doesn't it?
3: Um, Yeah, definitely, definitely. But they deemed this poster too sexy, and they banned it.
1: This is 2014, right?
3: Yes, 2014. Okay. And then Eva Greens actually defended this uh, poster, and she said, I find it a bit odd. It seems like it's all just publicity, and it's just a lot of noise for nothing, which I find interesting because she also adds that because they said the original poster is too sexy, she said that you have so many more violent things in the movie business. So I think she's just comparing that. We can have a film that's so violent and that not be a problem, but being too sexy is a problem. So Listen,
1: we could talk about that every day, <laughs> all day, about American views on sexuality in media versus yeah. like European views. This this in Europe, not to generalize, but in a lot of places in, in Europe or Western Europe, people would see this and go, go, oh, whatever. But in a lot of places in America... It's it's a scandal. It's too yeah.
3: it's too sexy. I mean, come on. Eva Green, she's a sexy woman. But, so the Weinstein Company re, um, released another poster, which is actually the funny thing about this poster. It's the exact same poster, but a lower resolution. <laughs> <laughs> they, they haven't changed anything. It's just a lower resolution. But I guess that's too sexy. I think it just blurs the image, uh, or definitely around the chest area a bit. So it's not... As revealing as hmm. the original high def poster, but I just find it funny. It's the same poster, just lower resolution. Interesting. Yeah. And, and then, of course, we know Penny Joyful got renewed for season two. Not,
1: yes. not a surprise at all, no. I don't think.
3: The show is so brilliantly good. Uh, okay. So it got renewed for second season. I think we're all excited about that. And John Logan is writing all the episodes for Season 2, which has an order of 10 episodes instead of 8, like Season 1. So it's got up two more episodes. But uh, according to uh, this article that I pulled, Penny Dreadful's strength has been time-shifted viewings because people the way people are watching Penny Dreadful, it's not the normal way that we have been doing like DVR. It's their showtime demand, mm-hmm. which is where uh, Penny Dreadful is getting all the numbers. they The series, which has a mass... 900,000 views for the first episode before the premiere. So that was during the Showtime On Demand. And it was the biggest sneak preview ever for Showtime. And they've had the On Demand for the last 12 years. Interesting. So, yeah. And,
1: and, oh, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, this is airing in different time slots on different channels in the United States, Canada, the United Kingdom, oh. and maybe Ireland, I want to say, and a couple other countries. So the ratings game... Like Marissa, we do Salem. Salem's a WGN show here in America. A little bit different. This is an international show airing in a lot of different places, so their ratings game is on a totally different metric scale than anything we've seen yet.
3: Yes, absolutely. And David Nevins, the Showtime Network, said about the show because uh, he thinks because it's a genre show, it has done incredibly well in all news ways that you can watch. So that being the internet uh, on demand. So it's definitely getting the numbers. Maybe not from live views, but definitely getting the numbers in all different uh, media platforms this
1: is a binge show this is a total binge show to me totally. I think this is something I'm gonna take I go to North Carolina go home in a few weeks six weeks from now I'm gonna take this thing I have a couple people I know would want to watch this we're gonna watch all eight episodes I'm I can tell you right now
3: everyone to watch Penny Dreadful yeah. because it is so brilliant so beautiful so thought-provoking and intriguing and so the season two will go into production later this year of 2014, and we'll shoot again on location in Dublin, Slater, for the 2015 season.
1: Lovely. All so right. So
3: excited. And that is it for news.
1: Speaking of 2015 and the future, let's talk about predictions. And
0: now, you're After Buzz TV predictions.
1: I've got a good one. I know you do, okay. too. All right, go first. You're, like, busting at the seams. Uh, oh,
3: I was like, okay. So I... I think I gave him a big prediction about Vanessa being somewhat of this demonic creature that's after her. She She's definitely changing physically and mentally. But also the letters that we saw when she was finishing and closing the letter she wrote on the envelope um, Jonathan Harker and if you know the Dracula story Mina and Jonathan were passing letters throughout the whole story so it makes me think because Mina is gone in the way Penny and is writing their story because Mina has gone and absent at this time it makes me think that maybe that Vanessa's writing these letters to Jonathan Harker instead of Mina's so she's writing on behalf of Mina but also to I'm going to speak on both sides of my mouth here that we see that Vanessa hasn't sent any of these letters she's containing them all together so I don't know why is she keeping them
1: I guess we'll see I like the catharsis thing but maybe it's not it could be something far more deep than that my prediction is the Mina we saw at the end of this episode forgiving Vanessa obviously because she disappeared in a thin air it was not human Mina it also had nothing to do with Mina that's the master the devil the demon whatever you want to talk about getting to Vanessa in another way and I think what's going on is that master knows that to get Vanessa, he needs – or she needs Vanessa to come after him. And so when he puts Mina out there and says, please rescue me. Try to find me. I'm Mina. I need your help. Total red herring. It's not mm-hmm. Mina. She doesn't need help. She's living happily. I don't even know if she's actually with Mr. Harker or if she's just totally li- – or there's something else going on. Yeah. Who knows? But – this demon, this devil, needs Vanessa to come to him and dance the dance with him or her so that they can dance the dance back with Vanessa and get what they are after, like yeah. they've been searching a couple episodes
3: ago. Vanessa's not hasn't been going to this master, obviously, because she's surrounding herself with religious items. I mean, she's praying every, every night. She has crucifixes all over her rooms, and she... And even last episode she was by the church. She didn't go in it. Yep. But she's still surrounding herself with religious things to keep her away from this thing that's after her. So I it's agree. it's a tough fight that this this thing that's after her really wants her.
1: I'm telling you guys she's not having it. Comment on YouTube, subscribe on iTunes, rate us if you haven't already, tweet her at TV. Right. tweet me at Bobby DeMuro. We would love to debate you guys, hear from you guys on this. That's it this week on Penny Dreadful, episode five, Closer Than Sisters. That was a fun one. And remember, as we get going, Maria Menounos' new book, The Every, Girl Guide, Every Girl's Guide to Diet, Diet and Fitness, Fitness, out in stores right now. So Go get good. that if it's Read something it. you're interested in. Read, Read it, it. Enjoy it. That's it. For Marissa, for Sarah, who had to leave us for Game of Thrones, I'm Bobby. We'll see you guys next week.
0: From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Bye. <laughs> see you later.